It's that time, the Betting Predators Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter, Sleepy J underscore pregame. Joined here by the football fanatic Uncle Dave. You guys can get him on Twitter at Dave underscore Essler. And you can get us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, Uncle Dave, here we go. Another week of college football action. Going to go ahead. We're going to cover one game for Friday night, and then it looks like we have five or six games here for Saturday. So the listeners will get a decent amount of Saturday games from us. want to go ahead and want to start it out here, Uncle Dave, with the fact that it looks like there's about 13 games as of right now. There might actually be 14 as of right now uh, that have been canceled due to COVID. And Uncle Dave, you and I had talked about this. You know, I guess you could say kind of religiously, you know, over the last, what, eight months, nine months. Uh, but one of the things that, that I'm starting to notice is it seems like college football is just going to try to rail through this thing. If there's a breakout, well, then they just cancel the game. It doesn't look like there's any pauses as of right now. And I was kind of worried about that. So I don't know how you feel about that in general. Uh, you could talk about your own, you know, your own personal situation right now. But it looks to me. You know, like like college football is going to try to rail through this the best they can. The closer they get to the bowl games, the closer they get to the playoff. Uh, I guess the happier they'll be, and it'll be you know somewhat of a success. But you know, how you feeling right now with you know thirteen, fourteen games being canceled when you look at the college football schedule for this upcoming week? Well, you know, it's it's interesting since we're kind of like numbers people anyway to some extent. You know what's what's going on in the country, like in terms of of the number of cases, you know, what is it, 160 or 80,000 a day now, as opposed to, you know, back when we used to think 50 or 60 was a lot. So if you look at that way, it's essentially tripled. And honestly, I think, you know, college football, for example, is kind of a microcosm. You know, there was, there was a time when they started playing where there'd be one or two or maybe three games postponed or canceled and now there's you know then it went to five or six and now it's about tripled from where it was so you know i really don't think that it should be a huge surprise and and you know we could carry it over into other sports you know honestly i was i was talking on twitter yesterday i mean i just don't know how they're going to do college basketball but you know they seem determined to do so but then i saw yesterday where DePaul had already canceled or postponed their first three games. And, you know, it's it's not pretty. And I I applaud them for getting as far as they have gotten. But, you know, I, I think, you know, getting four healthy teams to four, – four, the four best healthy teams to be uh, playing in January for an actual championship, asterisk or not, is going to be a feat, I think. I don't – I don't know. I don't see any other way around it because, as I said, what's going on in the college football landscape pretty well parallels what's going on everywhere else. And you know, you, you notice these teams that 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 end up having COVID issues, if you will. You know, if you look at the schedules, and I have a lot of them are teams that have been sort of home for two or three weeks, or home for three weeks with a postponed game. All of a sudden, they got to get on a plane and fly somewhere and travel. And sure enough, the middle of the next week, whoops, we got we got COVID issues. So, um, you know, I don't know, I don't know what you can do. I mean, they're not going to just stop dead in their tracks. So, I guess you're right. We just plow through it. That's kind of what it seems like it's looking like here. 
that they're just going to go ahead and just keep, you know, rolling through it. I guess, you know, just to, to go ahead and close this up, you know, if we're triple the cases from what we were, um, you know, and we shut down pretty much everything and now we're three times worse and we're, we're trying to plow through it. You know, I think the only reason why these teams are trying to plow through it is the fact that, you know, it seems like there's a, at least, you know, at least drugs out there now that can help, you know, with COVID. And, you know, it seems like there's going to be a vaccine here uh, coming around the corner sooner rather than later. So maybe they're just trying to get through it and hoping that everything, you know, moves rather rapidly, um, you know, to kind of go ahead and probably taking care of this whole, this whole situation. But that's enough on that, Uncle Dave. We'll, uh, we'll wrap up our, our COVID talk. I guess it's nice every now and again that we have our coronavirus talk. Hopefully we won't, you know, have to go ahead and do this much longer. But do have football action to go ahead and get to. We got a game tonight, Uncle Dave. Syracuse at Louisville. Now, Louisville, they're going to be laying a boatload here. This line right around 19 and a half. I saw it shoot up to 20 and a half early this morning. The total was right around 56 and a half. That total actually dropped out down to around 55. I saw 54 and a half early this morning at Pinnacle. And I'll go ahead, I'll start this one out, Uncle Dave. I'll go ahead, I'll, I'll play the 55. I'll play that one over the total. You know, we know both defenses, you know, they're rather bad. They give up around 30 points per game. Louisville has the far better offense. And the Orangeman defense, you know, they can give up ground yards. They can give up yards through the air. And I think that that's one of the things that Louisville, um, you know, they kind of like to do. They, they like to be able to run and pass. And that's only going to be able to, you know, probably afford Louisville the opportunity to go ahead and open up their entire playbook and, and probably pull out, you know, some of their best stuff. So I think the Louisville offense will be okay. You know, the, the Orangeman defense, as I just mentioned, it gives up around 30 points per game. So I feel pretty good about the Louisville offense. As far as the Orangeman's offense goes, I think there there's a question mark there. And it looks like they're going to go ahead and probably start their, their freshman quarterback who only saw action last week he played the full game and then the week before he made like a cameo appearance with wake uh i think it was against wake force he was like seven for seven in that game but i'm just wondering uncle dave like there's only so many games left and i'm guessing that this kid's probably going to be their starter next year why not just let that kid go out there and play and, and go in and get as many reps as he can throw the football as many times as possible syracuse has nothing to lose they're not going to make a bowl game. So why not try to get this young kid who looks like he's probably going to be their starter next year, you know, as many reps as they can, at least in the passing game. And if Syracuse is going to be, you know, what are we talking, you know, almost a three touchdown underdog, uh, they're going to have to end up passing the ball probably one way or another in this game, uh, regardless of the fact. So uh, I don't trust the move going down. Uh, I like the over in the game, so I'll go ahead. I'll play it over. As I mentioned, two bad defenses. Louisville offense probably gonna be able to do what they want and I think that Syracuse will probably be behind in this game and they're gonna have to throw and I think that they come into this game thinking throw 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 so I can only see this game going over I, I tried to make a case for the under and it was just hard for me to go ahead and do that so I'll play Syracuse Louisville over the total what are you thinking well then I'm gonna go the other way and not you know I would do that against Dan in a heartbeat just because it's fun to bet against Dan but I actually lean to the under here, Sleepy, and, you know, you touched on it. And, you know, I think that, unfortunately, most of our handicaps now sort of have to include the, the season we're in. And 
you know, I looked at this game and it's kind of hard to wrap my head around a two and six team laying 19 points, you know, but this could be the game that Syracuse really bags their season. You know, I mean, I, I could see Louisville blowing them out. And as we talked earlier, I, I think given the tripling in cases, I mean, it makes it just that much harder to play on the road, at least mentally. And Syracuse hasn't traveled in almost a month. Obviously, it, it, that's the window where times have uh, really kind of spiraled out of control. But if you look back on paper, the Syracuse offense isn't in the top 100 in, in any statistical category, which is one reason I kind of lean under. Uh, and their defense allows 464 yards a game. So I can't just take the generous points as, as, as much as I would like to. And actually, that line went from like 19 to 17 and a half and then back up again this morning. Um, so, you know, I don't know that that would put me on Syracuse, but it would probably keep me off of Louisville. I, and I do. I think the best bet in this game is probably the under. And again, I don't think Louisville wants to prove any points here. And honestly, especially as you mentioned, if they have that kid coming in and play quarterback, you know, I'm not sure they can. And, and Louisville does have a tendency to turn the ball over. And the one thing Syracuse has done is create turnovers. So I think we see a sloppy game. Uh, I think both teams really just want this season to end, obviously. Uh, they're both grossly underperformed, um, and all the other issues they've had to deal with. Um, I, the only caveat there would be, you know, maybe the uh, if there is a lack of effort, it may show up on defense. But I just don't think either offense can go ahead and put up a ton of points uh, without help. You know, again, those turnovers, if and when they happen, uh, you know, if they happen in your own red zone, well, then you create short fields, and that sort of throws any under bet into the washing machine, but I would tend to lean under sleepy. I don't like to bet against you, but you know, that's why I leaned before I heard you. So I'm going to stick with it and at least give our listeners both sides of the story. Yeah. I kind of thought the same thing, Uncle Dave, with the turnovers. I'm like, if I get a quarterback who, you know, he hasn't had a whole lot of reps and then you got Louisville, a team who, who tends to turn the ball over, you know, we know how that goes. Sometimes it, it can crush you and then it could, you know, it could turn, you know, an under bet into a nightmare um, really early. But we can't, you know, we can't handicap the turnovers and what they're, you know, how they're going to end up playing out. But that's certainly something where, you know, maybe we end up with a game that doesn't even go anywhere near the total. And then maybe we end up with a game where it, it's, you know, trending at going over, you know, by halftime. So, um, but, you know, that's a lot of unknown. So you and I will be on the opposite side of that one. No big deal. It's not like we haven't been on the opposite side of each other uh, on these games before. But let's jump over to Saturday here, Uncle Dave. Iowa at Penn State. Penn State, uh, they'll be home dogs here. Penn State catching around two and a half points. Total 47. I'll let you go ahead and rip and run on this one first, Uncle Dave. What are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I think all these games that we looked at or are going to talk about are, are just very difficult because you either have teams – playing their first or even second game and, and, you know, who wants their season to be over. And, you know, when I, when I first looked at this, you know, Penn State's 0-4 straight up. They're 0-4 against the spread. So I really had to question whether Franklin can motivate them to, to give a, a solid effort. And especially now when they've got sort of extracurriculars going on. I mean, just this morning, a former player uh, said that Franklin told him not to report a fight to the police. So, I mean, that's just something else that he has to deal with with questions. They've got offensive line issues. 
They've had COVID issues that have interrupted practice, and now they got a quarterback dilemma. So, you know, at first it's like, okay, well, I'm gonna take Iowa because you know they've they've won a couple games, and you know when you when you when you take Iowa, no matter where they play, you've always got that defense, which is actually fifth in the nation in points per play allowed. So, you know, with that said, I wonder is this the defense you want to throw in a new quarterback? But that appears to be what I think Franklin's going to do. Uh, so even though I'm inclined to trust Iowa and they're coaching a lot more, their quarterback, Spencer Petras, has had real trouble locking on receivers. And that's a concern, especially going on the road. And Iowa's chances of reaching a Big Ten title game, more cancellations notwithstanding. You know, I can make a case for Penn State, Sleepy, and for no other reason, and we talk about this all the time, you know, has the pendulum in the market swung too far? Um, and I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not convinced that it has yet, but I, I, I might be able to, I mean, it's Penn State is kind of like now or never. So, um, you know, the, the fact that that line is still two and a half, it hasn't gone to three. You know, if it went to three, that would take a significant amount of money and I would hate to bet into that. But as long as it's, you know, where it's at right now, I actually lean Penn State. I'm with you here, Uncle Dave. I think that Penn State with the plus two and a half is probably the way to go. I think this is like kind of like a reset game for them. I look at the way this season started out, you know, started with a brutal loss to to Indiana, who I think you and I would both agree that they're a pretty good team. And then they follow up that game. They have to play Ohio State. And you know that they gave an all-out effort in that one. And and they got, they're probably dejected, hang their heads after that Ohio State game. And they end up losing. And then they end up playing a Maryland team who, in my opinion, when I looked at the schedule, seemed like Maryland was in you know somewhat of a pretty decent spot. So then Penn State's like 0-3. And then they have to head on the road to Nebraska, which isn't going to be an easy one. And the Nittany Lions, I mean, they fell behind in that game 27-6. to at halftime, and it was like, you know, they were going to basically have to pitch a shutout uh, to go ahead and get a win against Nebraska, and that didn't happen. I, I just think it's like it's a reset game here in which Penn State, if you look at their schedule, you know, they could still go 500 on the season, which could get them into a bowl game. And I think the big, the big game is going to be this one and the one against Michigan. Well, if they can win this game and beat Michigan – well, then there's really, you know, there, there's really nothing holding them back from, you know, finishing the season 500. Now, I know Iowa's won two in a row, but, I mean, it's against Michigan State, and, you know, they're one and three, and Minnesota's one and three as well. I have a feeling like it'll be a tight game, but I think the plus two and a half, uh, it just feels right to me. It feels like a bounce-back spot here for Penn State, more or less. I'm just thinking it's more of a reset game, so... Um, I, I kind of agree with you. I think that maybe the pendulum has swung a little bit too much. I, I'm not a buyer of Iowa in any way, and I'm not really a buyer of Penn State. But I think, with all things considered, that Penn State they're gonna they're gonna come with their last gasp effort, and it might just be a little bit too much for this particular Iowa team on the road. So uh, I'll be with you on that one. I'll take Penn State plus the points. I feel pretty good about that one. Let's jump over to uh, USC at Utah. Utah, they're going to be plus three, and the total will be 57. I'll go ahead and start this one. I think it's going to be a little hard here, Uncle Dave, to go ahead and back Utah as, you know, they've been sitting back for months now with, you know, little or no football. And Utah, 
I mean, they've already had two games postponed. And it worries me that, you know, that they were like, they were probably really happy to go ahead and play. And they were really amped up. And then it's like, oh, we're not going to play. And USC, you know, that they already had, you know, two quality wins on the season. The fact that they're ranked. I think the simple fact that USC, you know, has a good quarterback, at least I think so, and Slovis, um, that they, you know, they could probably go out there and play, you know, at, le- at least at a higher level with some games under their belt. So I just don't know, you know, what, what Utah is going to do for this game. The fact that they don't have any games under their belt. And I just wonder if they come in a little bit too amped up and then they, they have that, you know, that, that five-hour energy crash you know, maybe somewhere in the second quarter where, you know, they were just so excited to be out there playing football. And look, I get it. You know, it's, you know, we're, we've been talking about this for a while now. You know, teams come in here really, really excited. And I just wonder the fact that Utah finally gets to square off against a good team. Like if this is just like a big, big step up in class for them with the way that everything's worked out for them. So I'll go ahead. I'll take USC. I'll lay the three feel pretty good about those guys with the quarterback, with the games under their belt. And I do worry about a Utah crash here um, at some point. So that's what I'll do with that one. Not sure if you agree, disagree, or maybe we even have some of the same thoughts. How are you feeling about USC at Utah? I want to double back to the the thing you had mentioned about the bowl season. And I'm, I'm just sitting here thinking about that as you're talking, you know, and, and how that may or may not factor into our handicap and, you know, now and going forward, because, you know, we don't know how many bowls are going to be played. I suspect they try to play a lot, but, you know, there's money involved. And, and even though some of these teams may want to just call it good, um, you got to think the athletic directors are like to the coaches, you know, hey, we need to go play that bowl game because we get $750,000 and we really need the money. No, that's obviously not going to trickle down to the players, but it has to be unspoken somewhere. And then you look at a team like Utah, you know, they're only going to play four games. So, you know, how do they approach it? And when I look at this game, you know, I, I can't usually overlook a home dog, especially Utah. But as you mentioned, they're, they're about to play their first game of what's going to be a four-game season. So, you know, for me, I think the sort of mindset here is is almost more important than talent. And – Although USC hasn't looked good all year, you're right. They've played two games. So I think that's a big edge to USC here. And, you know, Utah clearly has the weather advantage. It's going to be chilly. But USC's fifth in the nation in returning production. And Utah is like one of the lowest teams in returning production on both sides of the ball. So, you know, I look at the market and I know the sharp betters are kind of grabbing the Utes plus three. Uh, and, And with the USC injury report being fairly lengthy, I can almost understand that, but I have to I have to default here to the Trojans in the first half, sleepy. Just just because I gotta wonder, you know, it's one thing to practice uh, against your own team for a month or six weeks or however long Utah has. It's another thing to have somebody really hit you. So I think like before it gets super cold and before Utah may find any rhythm, I, I like USC in the first half, uh, and that's hard for me because. Um, I've never been able to trust USC. I always like Utah, but I just have to go with um, maybe a little bit of the SpongeBob obvious here. I think I'm going to go with the Trojans in the first half. I don't mind that, but Uncle Dave, that makes a lot of sense. You know, you do have to consider the fact that Utah, you know, it's not like they're being schemed against against the other team. They're just running 
probably, you know, traditional offense, defense against each other. You know, there's going to be a team in USC who's scheming against them, um, you know, trying to at least, you know, run their best plays. So I think it's just it's a tough spot here for Utah uh, more than anything. You know, one of the things I was thinking about, too, Uncle David, and I don't have an answer to this. You know, what if, what if Utah goes one and three? You know, w- will they make a bowl game? I don't know. You know, I don't know how many teams, you know, right now are, are, are actually left in college football. Like, are we 20 teams short? Are we 10 teams short from where we normally are? Um, you know, uh, like, let's say Penn State goes four and four. Do they get into a bowl game? Because it's like, you know what? Maybe maybe a lot of these teams do get, you know, just rewarded for going out there and playing. And be like, you know what, Utah? You're one and three on the season. We're going to put you up against Penn State in the, you know, whatever, whatever bowl. I start wondering if some of those lower grade bowl games where traditionally we might see, you know, maybe a MAC team, you know, maybe we'll see, you know, Miami of Ohio against, I don't know, maybe like a Tulsa or something like that. Like maybe a lot of those teams kind of get left out if they're on the cusp. I wonder if they get left out and maybe a team like Utah who only has four games, you know, maybe they go two and two and Penn State goes, you know, four and four, maybe in Illinois or whoever, you know, teams that are going to bring money in. You got to wonder if they get rewarded in some way, shape or form. You know what I was thinking? You know, it would probably be nice if they can get, you know, every team into some type of a bowl game or some type of a a final game. Um, You know, I think that that would be pretty cool. I know these bowl games are, you know, pretty much limited to what, what do we got about 38 of them or something like that. Like it would be cool if they can go ahead and get some other sponsors and be like, you know what, we're going to add, you know, 15, 20 extra bowl games at the end of the year, just to try to get as many teams as possible to go ahead and play, you know, a TV game where, you know, they can make some type of money. I still think there will be some changes to that whole bowl season, but as of right now, we're kind of just, I guess we're kind of just flying by the seat of our pants and eyeballing, you know, what we think may and may not happen. Let's jump over to Cal here, Uncle Dave. We got Cal at Oregon State. Oregon State going to be plus three, 49 for a total. I got a lean here on Oregon State. Now, I'm not really impressed with either team. Cal worries me a bit at the quarterback position. Cal quarterback Garbers, I mean, he was four, I think it was 18 for 33 in his first game, 122 yards and an interception. Not only that, uh, Garbers was sacked five times in the UCLA game. So it seems to me that Cal might have some O-line issues here. And in order for you to go on the road, I think you either have to win in the trenches or you have to have a decent defense. And it's hard to say that Cal has either of those, you know, just judging off of the first game. The stats say no. So for me, it would be Oregon State pizza bet plus three. I won't go really any further with that one. It's just really, it's just a lean pizza bet, you know, throw a couple bucks on it and get out of there with that. Uh, That's all I got for that game. Yeah, I can't disagree with you. And it's funny you were talking about new bowl sponsors. I was thinking, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe AstraZeneca and, Pfizer will step up to the plate. Um, but, you know, I look at this game and people were eager to bet Cal coming into the season because they bring back more of their offense than anyone. But conversely, they brought back very little of their defense. And that was pretty evident in their game against UCLA last week. And much to people's surprise, they only scored 10 points. And Oregon State's playing their third game. So I think they get a big up there. And even though they're 0-2, they didn't look bad at Washington last week. I, I know the Beavers' defense hasn't been very good, but they played two decent teams. And last week at UCLA, Cal only averaged 2.6 yards per play against the Bruins. And I think more importantly, they were sacked on almost 13% of their dropbacks. So, you know, in as much as 
Maybe Oregon State's defense is the elixir that Cal's offense needs. Uh, and I do think Cal's the better team, hence favorite. I think situationally, I just can't. You know, they didn't have to travel far to play the Bruins, and, and that's not the case here. So, you know, I think travel's a big deal, and I actually am going to go with the Beavers. All right, good stuff on that one. At least we kind of agree with that game. Uh, let's jump over to an SEC game here. Uncle Dave, we got LSU at Arkansas. Arkansas right now around plus two and a half, total 62 and a half. I think this, I think the total is pretty much dead on, but I like the under in this game, and it's simple. You know, Arkansas, they just got embarrassed in a loss in which they gave up 63 points. LSU, they got embarrassed to Auburn, and they gave up 48. So I think, you know, going into practice this week, the focus for both teams is going to be on the defense and probably avoiding turnovers. Last week, both teams combined for four turnovers. I just expect probably a cleaner, slower type of game where, you know, the emphasis is it's definitely going to be on defense. I think both teams probably try to go ahead and slow down the other team's offense. I mean, you can't go ahead and give up 63 points and 48 points and expect to go ahead and come out winners in any ball game. So... I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play the under in this one. I like the under. I think 62 and a half seems, it seems like it's dead on. I mean, if you take the stats, it looks pretty much dead on. But but I'll just go with my original first thought that both teams probably focus on defense, play a slower, cleaner game. Uh, it'll be under for me. That's what I'm thinking, Uncle Dave. Yeah, this is a this is an interesting one. You know, and they're certainly like an LSU in the market. You know, they flipped that line from the, the look ahead of Hogs minus one to Tigers minus two and a half. And that's with a fairly even ticket split. And as you guys know, I've been on the Arkansas horse all year. And, and honestly, I'm not going to discount them too much with that debacle in Gainesville last week. I mean, Florida's just on a different level. Um, but I can't discount LSU for having three weeks off with their Alabama game postponed. And that's three weeks they've had to think about a 37-point loss to Auburn. And Arkansas has covered every single game ATS except last week. And the thing about LSU is still their defense. They're 123rd, 123 in pass yards allowed per play. And the Hawks' pass defense is actually 33rd. So I have to question LSU here a little bit. You know, they're two and three. They got four games left, three of them on the road. So I really think Orgeron is going to have to channel his inner Vince Lombardi to get them, like, super motivated to play. I I think Arkansas wants to win this game probably more than LSU does. And, you know, I think LSU could be just looking to call it good after the, you know, the debacle to start the season and then they got going kind of half good and now they've had postponements. So I'm actually liking Arkansas again. They're fairly healthy. And obviously LSU's down a quarterback with Brennan being gone for the season. So I think that big flip in the line may be incorrect. And if that gets to plus three, I can tell you I will take Arkansas. I didn't have much of an opinion on the side. I thought the under was a way to go. I, I don't think I could trust LSU on the road. I mean, the fact that they they look the way that they look is uh is scary. You know, giving up 63 points is, is certainly worrisome. Let's move over to K-State at Iowa State here, Uncle Dave. Iowa State going to be minus 11, total 46 and a half. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I don't like this game. I, I guess I'll give a lean out in this one, Uncle Dave. I'll go ahead and maybe play the over in this one, 46 and a half. I think the simple fact that this is like the probably the rookiest of rookie handicaps you'll ever hear from me. Uh, both teams on offense, they, they allow 750 yards. Both teams on defense, they allow 750 yards. So just based off that, 
I would expect probably somewhere around 56 points. Uh, I guess that's my, you know, sitting at the bar handicap, and that's probably, you know, pretty much all I'll be good for on this game. I, I, I just really don't like it, but I don't know how you can lay 11, you know, with Iowa State to K-State, and then I don't know how you could really take 11, you know, with K-State with the way that they've looked, you know, going into Ames. That's, it's just, it's not an easy place to play. So uh, for me, it would be the over. It's just a lean. I really don't like this game a whole lot, Uncle Dave. Maybe you could talk me into something. I would be actually quite surprised if you had a strong feeling on this one. It just looks to be a tough game to me. What do you think in K-State, Iowa State? Well, I should like totally surprise you and give out a game of the year in this, but I'm not going to do it. Um, you know, that sure seems like a lot of points to give Kansas State, especially in a game that's seen its total drop from the opening of 50 down to 46. So, you know, effectively you're getting over 20% of the expected points before it starts. And I got to wonder if it's 11 for a reason, because K-State obviously is without Skylar Thompson, but they have been for almost a month. And even with all that, they're 4-1 ATS as an underdog, including almost beating Oklahoma State as a two-touchdown underdog last week. So, you know, given that, I'm not sure I trust Iowa State to get margin, um, especially in a low-scoring game. And I almost see this as similar to ISU's game with Baylor last week, uh, as they were two-score favorites and a one-by-seven, uh, and the total was very similar as well. So, you know, if history repeats itself, um, I don't expect to see 67 points. Uh, but if ISU has a liability on defense, it's against the pass. You know, they're 101st in completion percentage allowed. So I'm just not sure they can run away again and get margin. You know, K-State, you know, don't forget they beat the Sooners. Yes, I know they had Thompson uh, on the road. And they beat TCU on the road and only having lost one game, that West Virginia game, by more than 11. You know, I know it almost looks too easy, and it may be the SpongeBob at the end of the bar handicap. But I happen to know you don't drink, and, and I don't drink much, so we'll do it at our desk here, Sleepy. Um, I have to take the points. You know, I know it's 11 for a reason, so I'm a little leery, um, but I, I, you know, gun to my head. Um, I know I, I've made the mistake this year of, of kind of overthinking too many games that, that just, you know, you can, you can handicap these things and you can make the numbers really say what you want if you're not careful. Um, and everything to me still points to the fact that, that that's too many points for Kansas State. Um, you know, I like both teams. I like both coaches. Um, but I just have to wonder if uh, 11 points isn't too many in a, in a 46-ish total game. So I'm going to lean to K-State here. Yeah, I had no idea about the 11 points. I'm like, 11? I'm like, it's got to be 11 for a reason. I'm like, it smells fishy. And then I'm like, well, that's why I'm not taking K-State. And I'm like, yeah, but then I'm laying 11 at K-State. I'm like, I can't do that. And I start thinking about it. I'm like, would I lay four in this game? And I don't even know if I would lay four with Iowa State. Like, it seems like minus 11 and minus four to me. Like, they're all, it's all like the, in the same corridor. Like, I don't know if you would lay four and a half points, Uncle Dave. Like, what, do you, like, would you, would you feel comfortable with Iowa State laying four and a half? I, I don't, I don't think that you would. I mean, I don't know if you would lay six or seven or eight, 10, 11. It, like, it all seems like, like four to 11 to me just seems like it's the same number. Like, I can't get to Iowa State really at any number. Um, if this was 11 and a half, I would probably go ahead and take K-State. 
And, but again, the line's 11 for a reason and that's what scare me. So I feel like, I feel like it's just, it's really hard to get to Iowa state in this game, which is surprising for me. Um, I've been, I've been, uh, at least somewhat positive of that, that team, you know, on our podcast, I like their quarterback. I think he's pretty good, but it's just hard for me to go in and get to Iowa state, you know, at any number between the range of four and 11. So that that's kind of what really threw me off. And then K-State just hasn't been impressive to me. Uh, you know, we talked about them going into, I think it was West Virginia, you know, a number of weeks ago where, you know, the line looked fishy in that one, it was four. And I, I actually think you had K-State in that one. And I was just like, be careful on the podcast. And then sure enough, you know, West Virginia went and routed them. So I'm not even sure if the market's even correct, you know, with this K-State team, you know, at all. So I don't know. Like I said, I'm going to go ahead and and just go ahead and put a a lean here on the over, but I don't know how, how you can go ahead and and really just come up, come up and say Iowa state's the right side. So um, the fact that you're on the other side here, uncle David, at least, at least I know that we're talking through this. At least it seems like in the correct manner, let's go ahead and jump over to our final game here. Uncle Dave, we have Oklahoma state at Oklahoma should be a pretty good game. Pretty big game. I think, Right now, Oklahoma minus seven. I was actually a little surprised at that, Uncle Dave, when I saw that number. I didn't think Oklahoma would be minus seven. And then the total, 59. Uh, I do have a pick in this one, Uncle Dave, but I'll let you go ahead and talk about this one first. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, when I first saw Oklahoma State getting seven, I was like, well, I have to take that because, you know, you guys know I've been sort of on them all all season and my heart wants the Cowboys to win because of my futures taking on them to win the conference. Um, I almost wish it was a shorter spread so I could just kind of hedge that, but here we are, you know, and I thought, well, people are going to love the Sooners because they put up 124 points in their last two games, but that was against Kansas and Texas Tech. And, you know, I've been on the Cowboys as actually having a defense and it's true. They've only allowed more than 21 points once, but to be fair, it was to Texas, who's really the only solid offense they faced this year, and the Cowboys' offense isn't what we're accustomed to. You know, you're you're in you're usually seeing run and gun from uh, uh, Gundy, but you know they run the ball more than all but eight other teams. A little bit surprising there. So we just know they're going to try to hold on to the ball, as most teams would try to do against the Sooners. But honestly, I'm not sure they can. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Honestly, I'm not sure they can. You know, the Sooners rush defense, and, and this surprised me, they're 21st in yards allowed per rush. So with that said, and in as much as I want the Cowboys to win, I think this could be a reality check for them here, and, and I I think the Sooners may just blow them out of the, off the, out of the stadium, Sleepy. I mean, it's not like me to, to lay seven points in a rivalry game, but the more I look at it, the more I think that, that – uh, it's just a total mismatch. Well, as I'm listening to you, Uncle Dave, I thought you were walking everybody uh, out to the ledge, and then I was going to come right behind you and push them off. Uh, I like the under in the game. You know, one thing about Oklahoma is, you know, they put up oppressive amounts of points, as you mentioned. The problem is, you know, they like to run, and they've done that well, you know, in the last two weeks, gobbling up like 200 yards in each game in the last two games on the ground. Yeah, I don't think that's going to work against Oklahoma State. You know, they do have a, a good rush defense. And the same goes for Oklahoma, who they allow under 100 yards. I think they allow like 97 or 98 yards per game on the ground. 
Now, the Oki offense, they like to go ahead and split it up between the pass and the run. So I'm sure they won't go, you know, pretty much one-dimensional in this game unless they have to. You know, the, the I don't know if you agree with me, Uncle Dave, but I think that the line looks a little bit odd sitting at 59. You know, being that the Sooners offense, you know, it averages 46 points, you know, by itself. So this total to me, it kind of just stinks, and it's it, it kind of just – as I'm sitting here looking through the game, I'm like, both of these teams are going to try to run probably too much, and I think it's going to end up reflecting on the scoreboard. And neither team wants to lose this game, and I'm not really overly impressed with either quarterback, which is quite surprising because I thought both of these quarterbacks coming in the year uh, would actually be pretty good. So my gut says that this is one of those games where if you're betting the over, you're kind of just rooting for these big plays to show up in this game. And that, that's something that I don't want to put my money on. I know this is a risky a risky wager to go ahead and play an under. But I think the sucker bet just says go ahead and play the over. And I'm not going to buy it. I'll go ahead and I'll play the under 59. I think you probably might not want to watch this one or you might want to hold on for dear life. But I thought you, I thought you were going under on, on me, Uncle Dave, in this one. And, and I was going to push everybody off the ledge. But I'm not sure how you feel about the under. But that's the way that I'll go in that game. You got any final thoughts? Go ahead and wrap this one up, Uncle Dave. Well, to your point, you know, I, I, you know, we don't talk much between ourselves before we record these. So, you know, whatever, whatever we land on, we both find out what the other one has at the same time, or, or what the other one's thinking. But, you know, had I known you needed someone to set you up to push people off the ledge, I would have taken the under. Uh, because I totally agree with you for many of the reasons that you just laid out. And yes, that would be uh, a totally hard bet to make. But, you know, the hard bets to make are the ones that generally win. So, you know, I, I can totally see your point there. Um, I, I I concur with your under bet there, Sleepy. Well, the good thing is, Uncle Davis, you didn't give out the under I did. So if it blows up and... You know, blows up in everybody's faces. They're going to end up blaming me and not you. So at least you're off the hook on that one. Maybe next week we can go ahead and uh, get everybody to go ahead and jump off the ledge with us next week. But we'll find out. But hopefully you guys do well. Uh, so that'll cover a Friday game for you guys tonight. You got some action. And tomorrow, a bunch of games we covered there. So pretty good stuff. Uh, if you guys haven't listened to the NFL pod that is out now, you guys can get that on my Twitter at pregame. And also on Uncle Dave's Twitter as well, at Dave underscore Essler. Uh, next week, guys, it looks like we're going to probably do an NFL Thanksgiving Day pod. We're going to probably do that on Monday. And then we're going to do our regular NFL pod that we would normally do on Wednesday. We're going to move that back a day on Tuesday because I imagine that some of our guys will probably end up traveling and doing all the things that they like to do for the holiday. Uh, so we'll, we're going to try to go ahead and get that out with you know, with that being uninterrupted and probably hopefully getting everybody on the podcast. Uh, with that said, college basketball also starts next, I believe next Friday. So we're trying to work out and smooth out some things with that. So you guys could go ahead and expect that. And uh, that'll pretty much wrap up everything uh, for next week. At least that's kind of what our plans are. But uh, with that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck tonight and uh, the rest of the weekend. Enjoy the games. <laughs>